Hey guys, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast, where you will be inspired, encouraged, and transformed with powerful teachings and real stories of mental health. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling. If you are in a crisis, call or text your local crisis center or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Jesus is in our mental health, and freedom is where we start. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Hello and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. I am so excited to have with me Troy and Leanna Brewer. Hello. Hello, friends. These are two mighty, mighty people in the kingdom of God doing many, many things, which we will actually get to. It is such an honor. But the biggest thing I would say right now that a lot of people know is that they are the pastors of Open Door Church in Burleston, Texas. But they do a lot for sex trafficking, a lot for feeding. I mean, I can't even get to all the things that they do. So I'm going to let them do it. Why don't you guys just give a little bit of an introduction for yourself? My hope for this podcast is that this will really open up the people to really hear more of what God does instead of what we try to do so that we can get out there and we can help other people instead of be caught up in our hurt and our pain. I, like you said, along with Troy, co-pastor Open Door Church, which is a big privilege, but I also have my own ministry called Spark Worldwide, and it stands for Serving, Protecting, and Raising Kids, and what we do is we help families. We build orphanages, we dig water wells, we build schools, anything that has to do with kids internationally, but also here at home, so we do a lot of family support through Spark, and uh, that's what I get to do. Oh, that is so amazing. Thank you, Liana. And Troy, you've got 11 books that you've written. You have a lot of other things that you're doing as well. Oh, we stay busy. I really thought she was <laughs> going to introduce me and I was going to introduce her. Oh, okay. We do stay busy and we are we are doing things all over the world. And yes, ma'am, I do write and mm-hmm. we do a lot of media. And our big role of responsibility that we have has to do with orphans and has to do with saving kids out of sexual mm-hmm. trafficking. We do pastor a church and we have for 26 years and it's a fairly large church, has about 7,000 people in it. But we do everything that we do in church so that we can do what we do outside of the four walls of the church. And we actually tell everybody that signs up to join our church. We say, listen, we do this to do that. And if you don't like us doing that, don't join us because this is who we are and this is what we do. And so we very much believe in your attitude that you have, that people got to be set free enough to be able to set people free. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've been determined since the time that we were kids and in love with each other, that we were going to be set free enough to set other people free. And that's the journey we're on. And so therefore our entire ministry is all about redemption. Yes, that is so good. Can you share with me where you were at before you got into ministry? Share any of your mental health struggles, difficulties that you guys have had that have gotten you to be in this place of having this powerful revelation to be more set free than just enough. I feel like there's a lot of us that are just lukewarm and we're just good enough to get my Mountain Dew or my wine or whatever it is that I need to get me through the day. Where were you at before? And then we can kind of share what the Lord brought you here. Well, Leanna grew up in a foster home and Mm -hmm. her foster home was not, she wasn't a foster child. Her biological parents actually fostered children. In fact, her mom and dad for a 40 year period raised over 300 boys and girls besides her and her four wow. siblings. 
Wow. So she saw every kind of mental madness you can possibly <laughs> imagine. And I'm talking about from very extreme, mm-hmm. I'm talking about next level abuse mm-hmm. to just simply going through childhood struggles of being an orphan or being orphaned or being abandoned or those kinds of things. Yeah. And I mean, like one of the very first dates that I ever had with Leanna, I came to her house and her house was like a rodeo. It was like the Shriner convention. I'd never seen anything like it before. And it was so full of all of these extremely high maintenance kids who were struggling in every way that you can imagine. And Leanna was one of the most sane, stable people I'd ever met in my life. I honestly thought she was rich. I thought that she was rich <laughs> and she'd been to some kind of special schools and she was poor as dirt. And they, wow. lived, they lived in the hood. And one of our very first dates was there was a kid that had been so abused by his parents that he had never lived outside of his closet. I think he was like nine years old and he never had any kind of social contact. So he was nonverbal. And all he did was run around in a circle because there was a ceiling fan in there. Mm. And so he ran around in a circle. When they discovered him, before they sent him off to an institution, they sent him to Leanna's house to see if there was any way they could integrate him in, with a family. And all that kid did was run back and forth through the house. He'd run to the front door, turn off the light, run all the way to the back door, turn on the light, run. And we just sat there. And that was like our very first date, just sit there watching this kid run through the house. You know, and they're like, don't let him out. So Leanna has been around that her entire life. Not knowing that that wasn't normal until the boy came along. Wow. You do know this is like not normal, right? And I was like, what are you talking about? Because I, on the other hand, when I first met him, thought he was a farmer. And then when I went to his house, it was the complete opposite. He grew up in a very nice house from the outside appearance. It was a very big house. They had money. They had all of the things that you think people need and want. (laughs) But in reality, his family was very different than my family and getting to know him and stuff. I was like, wow, you're like one of the kids that we take in. (laughs) And so it was just very different. It's it's easy to judge people by what you think the outside looks like or what you think is going on in their lives. But it's not always the case. And it's usually not the case what you see. You have to really get involved. But I did not know my world was not normal until he pointed it out. And I was like, oh, well. But everybody's houses was like this. So did you both always love the Lord? When did you guys meet Jesus and how did Jesus take over? And Yeah, I literally gave my heart to Jesus when I was 19 years old and mm-hmm. met Leanna the same weekend that I got saved. Wow. And it was a very radical shift for me. Uh, very, I mean, extremely, it was a very extreme radical shift. I was a professional musician, had done a lot of traveling musically as a teenager, mm-hmm. came from a very difficult family situation and uh, broken home, broken home yeah. mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And so just in traveling and whatnot, there was just a lot of drug abuse and everything that goes with the rock and roll lifestyle. In my case, it was a hillbilly country lifestyle. But when I got saved and when I gave my heart to Jesus, I mean, it was a radical shift and mm-hmm. change for me. I understood for the first time I had family, that I was loved, that uh, I belonged, that I had purpose. I mean, my entire focus changed. And then consequently, it was within 48 hours of the time that I got saved to the time that I met Leanna accidentally. And then I joined a Christian rock band. And the following weekend, literally one week to the day that I got saved, I was in front of untold number of people jamming my guitar saying, I just got saved and I've been in full-time ministry ever since. So it was a very fast, epic shift for me. 
and, yeah. and mine was opposite. I grew uh-huh. up in church, always loved Jesus. I've always known God is a good father, a really mm. good example of a good father. And my parents were super good parents. We were poor, but we didn't even know we were poor because it just was normal too. My parents were just really good at being parents and being good people. But I got saved when I was eight years old. That is the life that I've gotten to live. And so I always tell people, I really have no excuses to not be who God's called me to be because I have been set up from the beginning to be able to live a life of victory. And anytime I get into a place where woe is me or I feel sorry for myself or things become overwhelming, Mm -hmm. I just check myself and say, you know, you're without excuse. I have no excuse. I can look back on things and make up excuses of this or that, but in reality, I don't have any excuse not to be who God's called me to be. I've lived a very good life and being married and doing the ministry that we get to do and travel around the world and help people. One of the things that Troy didn't mention is that we started a food outreach. When we first started dating, mm-hmm. we would go to the homeless and he's an incredible musician. He would play his guitar and we would feed people. That's just part of our DNA is we just do outreaches. And before we even started a church, We didn't intend to start a church. We didn't want to start a church. We just wanted to help people. Mm -hmm. So we started a food outreach that reached to people. And then as these people got started touching their lives and things started changing, we started inviting them to church and realizing they didn't exactly fit into the traditional churches that we went to. And so thus our church was born out of a food outreach. But really food outreach is still our main focus is just helping people and wherever they're at. How can people get the heart that you have? Because it's one of the things that I admire about the two of you so much is that you do love other people. And I know for you, that's normal. It's how you live. You're in ministry. But I'm around a lot of people where good intentions, kind people, they do nice things for other people. But a lot of times we just stick to ourselves and we stay in our little hole and our little isolated places. How can we get out of those holes? How can we move out of those holes and into a place where we hear God's heart more and we can do those things, not because it makes us look good, but because it's the way that we were made. We were created in his image. We are his children. And again, I'm trying to connect a supernatural thing to a natural thing um, and just wondering if you have an answer for that because I want to replicate you guys (laughs) in the world. God just needs to replicate the two of you. How can people get that hunger? I want to tell you, one of the, I, I teach a lot on maintaining your passion mm. and on being very intentional about what you're passionate about. Because mm-hmm. I'm an extremely passionate person. I mean, like <laughs> off the rails, passionate person. That's just my character. I love it. Or lack thereof. You know? so, but <laughs> that is my character. But I mean, because of that, I've had to be determined that I will be passionate about mm-hmm. certain things and mm-hmm. I will not be passionate about other things. And that comes from you know, emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. which is how you partner with the Holy Spirit. And a lot of people don't know that, but emotional intelligence and partnering yes. with the Holy Spirit, which is what self-control is all about. Yeah. Self-control is about emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. And also too, about supernatural, something that something that I call supernatural sanity, walking <laughs> in supernatural sanity. That is a huge thing for me. But I teach a lot on maintaining your passion. And the first thing that I tell everybody is this, you have to be personally involved. You cannot, you, you, so look, there are a lot of pastors who are in my position that stay in their office and they're mad at everybody who doesn't come to their church. Okay. I'm not going to be that guy. 
that doesn't work for me. I have to be passionate. So I still go to the food outreaches. I still go to the homeless mm -hmm. outreaches. We still go on missions trips. I still mm -hmm. save boys and girls. I don't go into brothels anymore and actually buy little boys and girls. Uh, I decided I'm, I can't do that anymore about three years ago or four years ago. Mm -hmm. And we could talk about that because mm -hmm. that was a mental issue with me. And yes. I will talk about that. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I can tell you that I am personally involved on every level. And so one of the things that I insist on is we have to be personally involved. Mm -hmm. It's in the context yeah. of serving and in the context of selfless serving that you mm -hmm. see the mm -hmm. greatest miracles of God. And it's also where your heart gets broken. And any place that I am trying to guard my heart to keep from being broken is a selfish place. Mm-hmm. I want my heart to be broken. A broken and a contrite spirit, the Lord cannot deny. He loves that. And so I, I purposely go into places to allow my heart to be broken and I get myself involved so that I can remain passionate about it. And wow. if you really are a Christian, which is following what Jesus did, Jesus got in the dirt with people. He touched the leopard. He personally fed people. He took care of people. He laid hands on people. He wept with people. He was personally involved in everything. He, knowing the death he was going to die, he still did it. Yeah. And so it's so hard to say I'm a Christian and not be involved and not get into so people's good. hurts and into people's pains. Because if you focus too much on, on what you don't have and what's going on with you, then you're not able to reach the people around you. You have got to be able to look at other people and say, you know what, my world might be a mess, but I have something to offer someone else. And in that, you find out that your world's not as big of a mess as what you think it is. Mm. And there's healing in helping other people. And there's yeah. life in, in that because that's where Jesus is. And so wow. you can't outgive God. And so if you're out there and you're serving people and you're helping people and, you know, we do a lot with kids, that, that's our heart and our passion. And we have seen that in our own kids, how God has blessed us with our kids and with our grandkids. You know, they have a passion for him. They have a love for him. They all serve. They all love people. They're all in ministry. Four of our girls are nurses. Another one of our girls is she personally helps Troy and I do everything that we get to do and make our world possible. Our boys are the same way. You can't outgive God. And if you want to have mental stability, you have to get out of your own head. You just have to, you have to put on the mind of Christ. If you put on the mind of Christ, it's to serve others. And he says that the greatest in the kingdom is a servant. Mm -hmm. And if you're not going to serve, then you're going to be bound up. I love that you said that there's healing in helping other people. There is. There's this Old Testament rule. There's 613 Old Testament laws. I like to count everything, right? And <laughs> I've counted them. There's 613. Same number of seeds in a pomegranate, by the way. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> well, that's why the priest had pomegranates at the bottom of his garment. Mm -hmm. I just got to looking at it. Why would you put a piece of fruit on your clothes? Why would wow. you do that? And it's because there's 613 seeds and that's how many laws there are. Wow. Yes. Mind-blowing, isn't it? Yeah. That, I'm so glad you like that, by the way. Yes. Yes. Numbers That Preach. This is yes. an amazing book. Great book. Yes. So, so one of the laws <laughs> is this. You can't muzzle an ox when it treads mm -hmm. out the corn. Like, what is that? Okay. If you're going to get an ox and if you're going to make him push the stone around that treads it out and makes flour, service mm -hmm. of everybody else, you're not allowed to muzzle him. He gets to get fed yes. through that process. Wow. And fed okay? well. And fed yeah. very well, fed fed better than everybody mm -hmm. else. Wow. And all he's got to do is walk around in circles and eat. That's all he's got to do. 
because in service of the king, the Lord has a law and has a rule that says this. If you're going to serve people like this, I'm going to make sure that you're well fed. And that's wow. the truth. Wow. That is so good. Talk to me a little bit about where the Lord brought you out of step going into brothels and some of the hurt and the pain that you have seen and what God has actually done through it. Well, let me first say this. I just, everything that we've done to save boys and girls out of sexual trafficking just started Mm -hmm. off randomly. And then we moved into a strategic posture in 2016. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people that do this. We have some friends in Southeast Asia they do secret squirrel stuff and mm-hmm. they're out there busting porno rings and they're doing crazy cool things and all this. And typically somebody can do that for two years and then they're out. Most services who do this kind of thing will only allow people to work for them for two years. If they go undercover or some, we have a friend of ours that's been doing this for 13 years. He's the exception to the rule. And uh, most people can only mentally and emotionally and physically survive yeah. about a two year pattern and then they're out for the rest of their life. I'm just wondering if you could explain to me, I think there's some people that are in the dark with trafficking and how that's actually happening still today. I think people think in their mind that it's too difficult for them to even grasp and see and they turn a blind eye. If you could do a little bit of exposure of the truth of what's actually out there and just a little bit of education for some of us that are not aware of what's happening. If you look this up, if you do a Google search, what you'll find is there are more slaves right now, this second, in slavery than there has been slaves throughout all of human history. There's more people enslaved right now, right this second, than there has for the past 6,000 years of actual history. Why is that not a priority? Because it's a big part of the entertainment industry. And what's real is the entire world is addicted to pornography now. And so people don't want to address it. I'm sorry, but this is what I think when people say, you know, that's just too yucky for me to be involved in. I don't want to know anything about that. I tend to suspect, yeah, they got a big time porno issue. Mm -hmm. And and like, yeah, they got a big time porno issue. Because if you're watching pornography, you're watching a crime scene. Mm -hmm. That's what you're watching. You're watching a crime scene. And we know the other end of that. Uh, We rescued over 2,700 little boys and girls, little boys and girls out of sexual slavery in one year last year, one year. This last week, we rescued four kids just just last week, three little boys, all of them under the age of 12, one of them five or six, and a 14-year-old girl who has been a sexual slave for the past three or four years. She's literally been working a brothel. And so she went in at, you know, 10, 10 or 11 years old. And that, you know, what is her crime? She's poor and she's a girl. Mm-hmm. And poor... Vulnerable children today are exploited as sexual servants throughout the world. And it has become an accepted behavior for tens, if not hundreds and hundreds of millions of human beings. Sexual tourism is the biggest tourism throughout the planet Earth where people travel to molest kids all over the world. And the reason why we have been able to rescue so many kids is because we fed people in trash dumps. We bought people in trash dumps because Mm -hmm. they were owned by the cartel. We got them out of being Mm -hmm. in that kind of service. And people would assume that we were sexual tourists, or especially that I was a sexual tourist because I was a middle-aged white American male. Hmm. And so people would bring me kids and say, do you want to buy this kid? You can make a movie. And I'd say, yeah, I'll buy them right now. How much? Put out a bunch of cash. 
take them by the hand, get them in the car and say, nobody's ever, ever going to hurt you again. And I'm going to take you to one of our homes that Leanna had already. Oh, praise God. And so, and at the time, we didn't Praise even God. know what sex touring is. You know, we had no yeah. idea until yeah. they started bringing Troy these kids. And we're like, what on earth is this? And I will tell you, the lie that people believe is when I look at pornography, I'm just looking at adults. Okay, well, mm-hmm. you might be at first, mm-hmm. but you get tainted. Mm-hmm. And then it's not enough. It has mm-hmm. teeth. Mm-hmm. And so if you believe, oh, it's an adult, they're a consenting adult, whatever it is you're telling yourself to believe this lie, mm-hmm. it's a lie. It has teeth and it will grow. Or this is in our marriage and anything in marriage is safe. It's not true. There are lies that you're believing and it will trickle down and it will destroy. And you think, okay, well, it's really not hurting anybody because I'm just watching it or what it is hurting somebody. Mm-hmm. Those are people. And whether they're consenting to it or not, if they are, then they're broken and they need to be healed right. and they need to be helped. They don't need to be taken advantage of there was not, because they're broken. There was not right. a single one of those women who are saying, hey, I love being a part of the, the porno industry. Mm-hmm. That when they were a little girl, they said, when I grow up, I want to be oh, a whore. Absolutely. No. Something horrible has happened and they need somebody to be their advocate. Well, I can tell you one thing that I have watched with being, this is why I'm even stepping out and even doing this stuff is because we need more Christian therapists and more Christian mental health workers because there is a very big group of mental health therapists who are very much open to multiple partners, polyamorous relationships, even like supporting freedom in porn, freedom in your sexuality. And there are therapists that are supporting this. So it's hard for me to hear what you're talking about and then know that my field is literally supporting the opposite and they're calling it mental health freedom. You're getting more free if you have more partners or if you participate in porn. And so they're supporting it and they'll say someone who is Christian and especially a white male Christian is pushing people to basically, they'd say, what's that called? That you're closing off your sexual inhibitions and that you're putting yourself in this place where you're not being free. And I'm going to have an awesome sexual life. I'm gonna have, but I'm going to have, have that with her. Yes. And yes. We've been married for 33 years. I am not. That is offensive <laughs> to me. I'm like, no, you mm. don't know me. And I would also say this to you with those people, they are not being truthful if they actually want anybody involved in the porno industry and you're going to tell me those people are more sane right really those people are not damaged really and those people do not cause damage right really then why are they all addicted to drugs if they're so sane why is that oh man it's craziness there is no life outside of christ there's none right and and the the things that the, the rules that he gives us aren't to to shackle us and to chance us to bring us freedom. And that's yes. what he always says. Yes. The devil is a liar. So every time that there is a lie, you're being shackled. Yeah. And the slavery isn't just a natural slavery. People are enslaved to addictions mm-hmm. and people are enslaved to, to lies, a mental lies that they're believing. And, and we all fall prey to it because we're all you know fallen people, but you have to know the truth. And that's why you have to know Jesus. That's why you mm-hmm. have to read your Bible is to go, you know what? I have to be able to combat this lie with the truth. And I need to find out what the truth is because if not, you, you're believing a lie and you're shackling yourself. Yeah. Hey, Heidi, I want to tell you that, okay, for the adult entertainment Mm -hmm. industry, right? Mm -hmm. So for the adult porno industry where people are being consensual and they're saying, look, this is the life that we choose to live. I want to just tell you if that was true, which is not, 
But if that was true, it is a gateway to mm -hmm. child pornography that yeah. is a fast every track mm -hmm. every single time. Mm -hmm. It is not just a fast track gateway. It is a certainty that the more you sexually exploit another human being mm -hmm. that is of the same age, the more you will need to exploit a mm -hmm. sexually another human being who is not the same age. Mm -hmm. And it has to do with power and it has to do with all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And they know that. And that's why all the people that are part of, of the public part are also a part of the dark part. That mm -hmm. is not, it's the same people. Right. And this is how they get people into that. And it's all for a quick fix of numbing. But to me, I feel like it's it's getting rid of the numbing of the difficulty that we have, the lies that we're believing. And so they'll go to porn to have a quick release, just like you would alcohol or drugs. And that's why they're participating in all of that, because they're not free. Can you share how you've seen redemption? Can you share how you've seen people get free from this? Well, redemption changes everything, honey. So a big part of this has to be with being able to maintain hope. Like if you were going to ask us, hey, how have you guys stayed sane in your marriage? And I want you to think about what a challenge this is, that we've been married. We founded a church, which which drives most people crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Any business together. Yeah, exactly yeah. Right. And then we wake up together. We eat together. We travel together. We drive an hour in 10 minutes to work every day, we travel together, we work together all day long, we go home together, we eat together, then we sleep together, then we get up again. And we've done that for 33 years. Like, how in the world have you done that? We have to... Because you like me. Well, I do like you. I'm That's so fascinated. good. Thank you. Yes, right, I so, love it. Keep going. <laughs> with that said, we have to maintain hope for each other. Mm -hmm. I have to believe that if I'm not happy with her over some reason, which I've never had a reason not to be happy with, <laughs> Thank you. is that, well, I got hope that we'll be able to work mm -hmm. it out. Yeah. And she has to have hope that mm -hmm. I'm willing to learn and I'm mm -hmm. willing to go to the next level. And I'm, I listen, Troy is out of his tree on this area, but he's going to hear God speak. Mm -hmm. He's going to, he's going to be willing to lay that down. And we have maintained hope just exactly like mm -hmm. that in, in saving kids out of trafficking all over the world. We have such hope for them. And because we've seen it over and over and over again, that as soon as a kid comes out of a horrible sexual situation where they have been a slave, as soon as they come into a place that has structure, where mm -hmm. they are loved, as soon as they become convinced that nobody else is going to do this to them, yeah. they start to fit into it and they start to rethink like a child. Now, they still mm -hmm. have issues, of yeah. course. But everybody's got issues already. Right. <laughs> so we're just not afraid of that. We have seen people so set free. We have one little girl that's now 24 years old that we got her when she was little. And she's 24 now and she's married and she's an airline steward. And, wow. You know, that we, is we, awesome. We've seen these things happen over and over and over. We've rescued more than 10,000 kids throughout our ministry's existence. And I can just tell you that these kids can be healed in mm -hmm. every way a person can be healed. They can be. What did they need to do to get healed? I mean, I know everyone, there's no cookie cutter. What do you guys lead them into to get them healing besides speaking truth to them? Do you get them into counseling? Do you get them into inner healing? Like what, what is that? What do they go through? All of it. Yeah. Okay. And it's, it's different all around all the world, depending on the yeah. resources that we have. Got it. So we've learned in some of our third world countries, 
that, you know, they don't have the resources of counseling and those things. Right. But the Holy Spirit is so sweet there that he mm-hmm. comes in and does a work within them that is just transformational and bringing mm-hmm. hope. Mm-hmm. And so these kids that have been orphaned or these kids that have been trafficked that have never been in school, we give them an education and then they have a hope for a future. And it changes their whole life when they have hope, when they can see something past that very moment of trying to survive. They can see, hey, I could be this in the future. And then they have something to work towards yeah. and showing them all along. It was God who gave you this opportunity. And, and to bring that into their lives is huge. Kids that do have the opportunity for uh, counseling and for all of these therapies and things like that, we definitely uh-huh. get them into that um, because uh-huh. that is the definitely the fast track of, of healing for them. Here, the problem that we have in the States and in first world countries is social media, it's internet, it's all of the stuff they have access to that they're preyed upon. And, it, mm. and it's unfortunate because there's so many good things in it. And then you have people that just prey on our kids. So being able to teach them how to be socially mature and give them the tools to be able to do that and say, okay, we have a friend that wrote a book, good pictures, bad pictures. Okay. Mm. If you see this turn away, don't look at that. Don't, yeah. don't look at that. If you see this and this is alive and just being able to teach them from a young age of what to look at and what not to look at, what to pay attention to and what not to pay attention to. And to be honest, so much of the church growing up in the church and probably if there's a church lady, it would be me, but growing up, the church has put shame on people. Mm-hmm. And when you put shame on people, they're not willing to come forward. They're not willing to address their issues because it's shameful. That's and so good. So you are taught to, in a religious environment, you're taught to hide it. Your family hides your issues. You hide your issues and you don't talk about them. But if you don't talk about them, if you don't talk about mental illness, if you don't get help with these things, they don't get better. They get worse. Right. And you lose all hope. So you've got to take away the shame. And when we address pornography, our church is large. And when we address those things, tell like there's no shame. We are mm-hmm. not throwing stones at anybody. Yeah. A lot of people are addicted to pornography because they saw it when they were children mm-hmm. and there was nothing that they did wrong. It was something that was given to them or they were exposed to that took root. It, it has teeth. Yes. And so instead of hiding that and going, you know what? I hate this. We had two young girls that came up to us a year ago at youth camp and they were like, please pray. We've done everything we can do. We don't know how to stop this. And, you know, we were seven and eight years old when this was exposed to us. And we were like, dude, you know, and, but they've been struggling with it since they were that young. And yeah. a lot of these kids cutting themselves and it's mm-hmm. because they're trying to distract themselves. You know, if you have a problem with eating and you're trying to fight that, the first thing you do is going to eat, you know, all mm-hmm. of those things, you have to be able to break down those mental barriers that keep you from going into that. But if there's shame attached to it, you won't do it. That's right. So you've got to to bring hope. Hope to me is the greatest of all things. And Jesus is the only hope. He is the only hope. You can't do it by yourself. It's not possible. You have to be renewed. You have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right. Otherwise, you'll keep coming back for more and more and more and more. It's not about being good or bad. It's about having victory. And there's only victory through him. That's so good. Could you guys just kind of end with talking about how we need to talk about mental health in the church <laughs> and not be afraid of issues? That's what you said before, Troy, was that we need to not be afraid of the issues. What does the church need? What, you know, Why is it so important to not be afraid of talking about mental health and how we need to bring this into the church? Because everybody's got a head. 
You know, if everybody didn't have a head, then we wouldn't need to talk about mental we health. We would be fine. We'd exactly. be okay. We'd all be fine. It's, it's like I tell everybody all the time. I say, man, church would be so easy if people weren't involved. In <laughs> that is that is so true. If we could just get rid of people, we could have perfect churches. But since everybody's got a brain, and since everybody has a soul, and since all of Christians have a spirit, okay, those are completely, right? You got to be able to understand the difference between soul and spirit. And like, we got a soul and it's a mess. Mm-hmm. And the idea of, I'm just going to convince everybody that I'm not screwed up and I'm just <laughs> awesome. You're not fooling anybody. Right. Everybody knows that yeah. you're whack. Everybody knows that you're whack. And I'm whack. And I tell everybody that. Hey, listen, I'm straight up certifiable. And I don't care who knows that. I want to be healed and I want to yeah. move forward. Yeah. And I want to be set free enough to where I can set other people free. The the reason, Heidi, that I don't go into brothels anymore is because I cannot have a right mind and do that. And mm-hmm. I'm self-aware enough. I had to be, and when I say I couldn't have a right mind, the last time that I personally rescued a child out of sexual slavery she was 12 years old, and the guy that I was buying her from bragged to me about how he had tortured this little girl and said, all she does is cry. All she does is cry. Yeah, you can have her. You know, all she does is cry. I literally contemplated murdering him. Mm-hmm. I literally contemplated it. I process it in my mind how I could murder him mm-hmm. and how I could get away with it. Mm-hmm. And now look, I'm I'm the senior pastor of a church. I have a television show that's on four different networks. Mm-hmm. I'm on 70 radio stations mm-hmm. four times a day. I got 14 books. I have tens of thousands of people looking at me every single day. And I want to tell you, I'm not trying to tell everybody I'm the perfect picture of righteousness. Yeah. What I'm telling everybody is I decided the Lord did not call me into that ministry for mm-hmm. me to think like a murderer. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to think like a murderer now. And if anybody wants to judge me for that, you go do what I did for 30 years and you see if you don't think about killing somebody. Absolutely. Okay. And so I just, I want to be yeah. real enough about that and say, so I good. actually had to get professional help. I'm talking about from a real psychologist. Our staff here of counselors are certified psychologists. Mm-hmm. Why would I send you to a doctor that wasn't a real doctor? Why would I do that? I love it when people are in your field and they're godly and they're mm-hmm. like, there's a right way to think and a wrong way to think. Mm-hmm. And there's a right way to think about how you think and mm-hmm. a wrong way to think about how you think. And it really, to me, all comes down to that. Mm-hmm. And I want to find those things out. So the body of mm-hmm. Jesus desperately needs to be the champion mm-hmm. of mental health. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so many times when you're in the church, you hear, oh, I was hurt in the church. Well, you were because there's other people. And we're all, as people, exposed to so much stuff Mm -hmm. that you have to be able to take accountability for your own thoughts and your own actions and not just blame whoever, whatever, because everybody's gone through something. Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to have mental health. And in doing that, sometimes you have to talk to someone that is able to see from the outside and say, okay, let me give you a completely different perspective because you're looking at it like this, but this is a different lens you can look at it. Right. And we all need those people in our life. We all need to be surrounded by those people that can be honest with us and be true with us and say, look, you're just not looking at this right. And give us hope. Give us peace. Some of us just need to be able to tell somebody what has happened so that there's a release in your spirit. Yes. You weren't meant to carry this alone. You weren't. And trying to be the Lone Ranger doesn't work. It's the body of Christ. It's not just one member. It's the whole body. Yeah, we need each other. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for this wisdom. I would love it if you could 
pray for our listeners and then we can share how people can get a hold of us. Actually, first I want to say before we pray, is there anything else that any other wisdom, or we could say that in the prayer, what other wisdom do you want to share, do you have for my listeners? That you don't have to give being emotionally messed up and mentally messed up. You don't have to give place to it. Hmm. And that doesn't mean that you don't experience it because you will experience it and you do experience it. But the reason why I'm saying is out of pure determination and saying, it's just not an option for me. There's too many people dependent upon me for me to be rocking back and forth in a room, drooling all over myself because I'm high or mm -hmm. because of whatever, because I just can't deal with the life that, because life's too hard. I just determined a long time ago, I don't have that option. That's not a choice that I have. Those are not my choices. Wow. And when to tell everybody here, and I have just as many That's reasons so as anybody else does to do that, mm -hmm. but go, man, my, my wife is dependent upon me. My kids are dependent upon me. My grandkids are, I have my church. Mm -hmm. These young girls and boys all over the planet earth are dependent upon me to have a right mind. And my feelings might be completely out of whack and you might not be able to, to control your feelings, but you can control your thoughts and your thoughts control your feelings. They do. And it's the fact, Jack. So, you know, that's the prophet Bill Murray said that, right? A long time ago. That's the fact, Jack. I determined a long time ago that I do not have the option to be full of anxiety mm -hmm. and to be full of a big mess because God loves me so much. He's given me a tremendous calling and tell you this. He loves you so much. He's given you a yeah. tremendous calling and whoever it is I'm talking to right now, I'm not belittling what you've been mm -hmm. through. Believe me when I tell you, we know the worst mm -hmm. stories that you can imagine. And I just shake my head at it. I just go, wow. But I want to tell you this. You don't have to be so impressed with the evil right. that has happened within your life that it puts a stamp on you and every day looks like that one moment or that one period of time within your life. Jesus is the redeemer of all things and he can give you a right mind and he can give you a grace for pursuing a right mind. And let's pray for them about that. Yes. You want to leave me? Sure. All right. Well, Father God, we just love you and we Jesus. thank you, Lord, that you're a good father, Lord God, and your name, Lord God, is written upon our foreheads, Lord God. We belong to you. Every thought, every imagination, Lord God, has to kneel at your, at your authority, Lord God, at the name of Jesus, Lord God. And God, I just pray, Lord God, for all of my brothers and sisters out there today, Lord God, that are struggling, Lord God, with, with something, Lord God, that has just got them in a stuck place, Lord God. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would unstick us, Lord God, that you, Lord God, would cause your spirit to flow through us, Lord God, like rivers of living water. God, that there would be a new freshness, Lord God, that we wouldn't be stagnant, Lord God, that we wouldn't be like the, the Dead Sea, Lord God, but that we would be life, Lord God, and life more abundantly. I pray, God, that we would know our purpose, Lord God, and your plans for our life, Lord God, for a future, for a hope, Lord God, for great things. I pray, Lord God, for those, Lord God, who who need, Lord God, to find counseling, Lord God, that they would have the courage and the resources, Lord God, and the fort with, Lord God, to go forward, Lord God, and say, you know what? I'm gonna get the help I need and I'm gonna trust in the Lord. And I pray God that there would just be a release within your body, Lord God, of people, Lord God, instead of staying yep. secluded, Lord God, but that we would join together and the shame would be Come removed, on. Lord yes. God. There would be no shame, Lord God. Jesus, when you died on the cross, you took all shame. And God, mm -hmm. I pray, God, that that shame would just be removed, Lord God. And I pray, God, just for a supernatural peace, Lord God, on every single but every single person, Lord God, that is, is fighting these battles, Lord, and that you would just release them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Heidi, I pray yeah. for you too. Thank yes. you for fighting the battle that you're fighting and for being involved in taking this where you're taking it. It is so needed and we mm -hmm. celebrate that mm -hmm. and uh, praise God for you. For all your listeners, mm -hmm. hey, we I want you guys to know that we actually met Heidi uh, on the set of somebody's show. Kelly, Cop Kelly Copeland. Yep. <laughs> and uh, we, we actually met her. She's a good girl. She is a good, good girl. And she is pleasant to be around. And she just, the way she carries confidence and the way that she carries joy with her mm -hmm. is a really, really, really big deal. It's very authentic. It's and very she's authentic. written an incredible book called yep. The Brave Encourager. And I, I have personally read it. And I will tell you, you need to read it. It's, if you are one of those people that you're needing encouragement in your life, you Get need to book. give it. Yeah, you yeah, need to so, give it. So Leanna makes me read chapters yes. to her. And so this was her <laughs> book last week. And we were in Hawaii. Yes. We, we went diving in, in Hawaii and yeah. did and did some fun stuff. And she's like, this is the book we're, we're reading this week. Yeah. And I was already more than halfway through it before I even realized who it was that wrote it. I went, I know this girl. Went, yeah, yeah, we met her. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I didn't know this was her book. And so it's a really good book. It's yeah. it's really good. We actually read it last week, and it's it's good it's good stuff. Way to go, Heidi! Yeah. Thank you. Well, we we need more light and less darkness. Yes. So, how can the listeners follow you and get and get to know you? I know we've got Open Door Church, but also Spark Worldwide. If they want to donate or get involved, how can they find the information for these sites? Look up Open Door Church. Constantly talk about Spark and Troy mm -hmm. Brew Ministries and all the things that we do all over the world for there. But uh, and then every every service that we do is live and all those kinds of things. You can find me on pray.com. You can find me at troybrewer.com, mm -hmm. troybrewer.com, or you can go to sparkworldwide.org. Mm -hmm. So we have lots and lots of different organizations doing lots and lots of different things. Troybrewer.com or sparkworldwide.org. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for being on. This is such an honor, and I'm looking forward to hearing the freedom stories. Yeah, listen, let's do this again. And we'd like to share some amazing things of how people were outright, I'm talking about cray cray crazy. Mm. And God Almighty completely restored them and gave them a right mind. And I, we got pictures of the whole nine yards. And I tell you what, if these if these young girls can go through that and that happen, every single one of your watchers and listeners yes. can also go through it and find the same kind of freedom. Yes. Amen. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.